Pittsburgh. Steeler fans, we are back with the Stat Geek Q&A. This is Behind the Steel Curtain Deputy Editor Dave Schofield coming in with, as always, my family time for the week with Big Bro Rich. You're doing great, old man. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still busting on you about the birthday. I can't help it. That's <laughs> so, all right. And now, hey, for those of you, everybody out there is listening, just understand Dave's birthday is coming up. We were only born 13 days apart. Mm-hmm. Thir- yeah, 13 and, f- and four years. <laughs> well, yeah. So. Well, no, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> Actually, we were born three oh, years, 352 yes. days apart. There you go. I wasn't there I wasn't go. thinking that through. I was trying to make sure you're set up. And here you we are. Get true stat geek. Get it right. I should get the stats right. Leaving leaving our guest hanging. And those of you who were saying, if you had, didn't join us for the last show, saying, all right, who's that other guy on the screen? We have behind the steel curtain writer Jeffrey Benedict joining us that we can talk about um his contributions to the website. We spent a lot a lot of time last show breaking down the Steelers and how they defended tight ends last year and the plan for that and throw in running backs with that as well. Those non-traditional receivers, if you want to say that, that sometimes are a thorn in the side of the Steelers and sometimes are not. There's a couple things. I didn't throw everything out there news-wise to start the last show. wanted to bring in Jeffrey and talk about it. Um, but before we get going too much, let's see, several different things. We, we have, um, from what I understand, it was our – it was our first. It was our first former Steeler who has tested positive for the uh, COVID nineteen virus. That former quarterback, I'm not even going to say his name right, um, is the problem. I, I, I because it's before my time, but it's Terry. He was a backup to Bradshaw. Hand played right. played some. Hand played right some right. Hand, hand, yeah. I know you're talking. Um, Is it hand ready? Hand ready? Yeah, yeah, whatever. I can't say it right. So I try to look at the spelling and t- try to help me out, but I'm I butchered names as bad as Lance Williams. But uh, that uh, you know, our our thoughts and prayers are out with, for him and his family. Surprise! I'm actually surprised you don't butcher Lance Williams. No, oh, Lance Williams. That's an easy name to say. So, <laughs> oh, you mean I'm literally? Butcher you butcher yeah. So um. So yeah. So that's. Well, we had we had some other news. People talked about it a little bit in the live chat before. The report came out today that if there's a training camp for the NFL, I'm so you know I'm I'm a I'm an optimistic guy. I'm I'm pushing forward with everything in life until we hit a point that we can't. You know, I'm I'm still holding out hope for my summer vacation. I'm still holding out hope for other things that I have on my calendar. Um, but I also understand we're going to have to adjust. I'm purely holding out hope that training camp is going to start on time and, and that we're going to be able to, to move forward with the season. I know I'm not being naive. I'm just being hopeful. And then I'm like, when we find out we can't, that's when we adjust. But we did find out that if there's a training camp, it looks at the, if the report's true, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers will not be featured on hard knocks this year, that they are going with the two teams from Los Angeles which is very interesting because neither one of them technically qualified because you have to be removed from the, there are two straight years and not in the playoffs and not a new head coach is what is the requirements for them to be. Well, I guess you could say forced to do it. So if they didn't qualify, that means they had to agree to it either volunteer or just flat up agree to it. 
Um, I think that's great. A lot of people said it would definitely be the Steelers. I, I said it, I put my money on that. It would not be the Steelers when it was, once it was a hundred percent definitive, they're playing in the hall of fame game yep, I agree. because there's teams so that we don't want to play five preseason games and teams that don't want to be on hard knocks. And what do we not want to do? Rich no, have to do, both. don't want to do both. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine them having to having to do with that? So that's some of the Steelers news that we have. We didn't really cover that any with the last show. But what we're um, someone just asked, what exactly is Hard Knocks? I have never seen an episode. Have you ever seen it, Rich? Uh, I think I watched. I watched one episode a couple of years ago. I don't even remember which team they were with when I was watching. I thought it was awful. I really. I, I thought it was terrible. Yeah. Really, Jeffrey? How about yeah. you? Have you? Have you? Uh, I only watched highlights of Todd Haley on the Browns. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a show that's on HBO, which I don't subscribe to. Um, although I, apparently you can see most of them on YouTube if you really look them up. Um, that that chronicles a team through training camp and, and all that stuff with the Steelers and everything else going on. They you don't want that kind of distraction, um, but they aren't going to have to do it. I mean, unless this came from Adam Schefter. So pretty much when he puts stuff out there, his reputation is on the line. That that generally isn't something that then they go back on. So it's it's interesting that um, it, to me that's that's a, another bullet that they dodged. I think the Steelers never. I mean, I don't think they've. There's no qualms about it. They don't want to do that. So. I, as soon as the Steelers definitely were going to, to the Hall of Fame game, that was – I even put an article. I said, Art Rooney II now has the out to say to the NFL, no to hard knocks. You've never made anyone have to do both. So you shouldn't – you know, that is too much to ask of us. This would be ridiculous. And uh, I don't know if it came down to that or if they just decided, man, these poor Sandy – well, I almost said it. These poor Los Angeles Chargers that have no fan base and we need to do something to excite them. Other people brought up no the notion fan base, of – No more Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Tom Brady didn't decide to go play there. All that yeah, good they, stuff. They, they, they need something. They, they need something they, going for them. And they, they, don't have Derek Watt. Today, they don't have Derek in, Watt anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have Derek Watt. So – it also probably helps that it's in Los Angeles. So if you're still talking about dealing with, with, with minor, you know, if obviously there's training camp, life's going to be resuming for the most part, that I'm pretty sure HBO is headquarters in Los Angeles. So you're not, you're, you're looking at doing something local rather than having your crews out somewhere else. So I'm still hopeful that we're going to have it. But let's get into the topic of the show now that we're seven minutes into it. And that is something we kind of touched, I mean, almost talked around a little bit last show, but it definitely blew up some in the live chat. And that was, what is the Steelers' weakest link on defense for 2020? Now, this is a pre-draft edition because you never, you never know how things could change or something crazy could happen. Personally, I think with the Steelers not having a first-round draft pick – and with the free agent acquisitions they've made, I think they are in a great position to just draft best player available and that they don't have to have any player. They don't have to call on any player to start that they draft as of right now. doesn't mean that they don't earn it, but they don't have to depend on any player to start right now. Um, what do you, do you guys, are you on board with that? Um, yeah. 
we've talked about it before. So yeah, we yeah, talked about what, 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 yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. Is that a safe assumption there, Jeffrey? Do you kind of feel that you know they 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 don't have to make anyone start, but if if someone comes in and proves that they're that they're the better man to be up, that then it's their job. Yeah, that, I mean that's what they did with Devin Bush. They signed Mark Barron. They had their two inside linebackers, and then Devin Bush was there, and they took him. Like they, they, they're not going to bring in some guy and be like, "You need to start because we don't have anyone." Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So that so right now we're saying it's pre-draft edition, but I don't know that the draft is going to change much, especially with the starting lineup. So I didn't know if we were going to ask this as a who or as a where. Um. I kind of settled on who. What do we see as the weakest link on the defense right now going forward? And since you're the guest, Rich, you're going to have to come up with it with a secondary answer. We're going to let Jeffrey go first. Um, I'm going to go first. I'm going to give a give a not as popular answer, I bet. I'm going to go with Mike Hilton. Really? Yeah. All right. Want, let's let's hear that? the explanation. Want... Okay. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you've got to you've got to back it up now. Mike Hilton is best when he is aggressive, when he is playing towards the ball, when he is, is physical with wide receivers, but he has a little bit of problem with getting burnt. He has a lot of problems near the goal line, similar to Mark Barron, of being overly aggressive and committing to the wrong person. And uh, it's, it, it's, it's Mike Hilton. And before Minka Fitzpatrick came onto the Steelers this past season, Mike Hilton was a glaring weakness. He was another player that teams were going after. And when Minka Fitzpatrick showed up, they just had Minka behind Mike Hilton. And so, like, yeah, he gets burned deep, but you're still not going to throw there. Mm-hmm. That's how they covered for him. But to me, that's still – he is still the weakest link. Well, he was definitely – I don't know if he was the weakest, but he definitely did not have a good year in 2018. Yeah. So so what you're saying is, is he had a much better year in 2019 – but it was the Minka effect more yeah. than they could, more they than could let Mike him just Hilton. be aggressive. He was just as aggressive as he could be. And if you get burned, Minka's there. Don't worry about gotcha. it. Gotcha. Hmm. Very interesting. All right, Rich, what, which direction well, do you, you want to go, go with? with who I was better prepared to go with a where, but okay. <laughs> uh, that was one Jefferson Hartman that made me to change that from where to who whenever I said. Well, that's okay. I'll I'll give a who, but I want to give a quick shout here to my where. Okay. Okay. If you're going where the biggest weakness would be for the Steelers on defense, Mm -hmm. that biggest weakness would actually be at at QB if seven's not there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so that's the biggest weakness on our defense. Correct. Is our our quarterback. Is our, if seven goes down, we it's going to be a tougher time. Well, because uh, because you're they're going to have to be on the field so much more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can I can see where you're going with that. Everybody, it's blowing up over here. It's been blowing up in in the live chat, and it blew up in the live chat last time. And everybody wants to say you go with Edmonds. Um, I'm actually not. Um, uh, it's not necessarily that I want to call this a weakness. It's a, I don't know. Uh, let me put it this way. 
There you go. Uh, Sean Manahan put it in there, and I actually thought about saying that. Too. <laughs> I was going to say I thought about saying that. Too. We'll bring it up. For those of you who don't realize yeah, what he did, Sean used the Super Chat feature, which is where you could type in your response, uh, type in a comment or a question, and then you hit the hit the um, the the little dollar sign, donate any amount you want to the show. Sean got uh, gave us $2 in the tip jar, and he said the weakest link is Keith Butler. Um, on the defense, which I can understand the reasoning behind that. Do you want to expound on that, Rich? Just does he scheme? Does he scheme the defense to the talent that he has, or is he trying to fit the square peg in the round hole? That's the questions that mm-hmm. you, that I always have for Keith Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if you're actually, it's not so much that I want to say this person's the weakest link, but to me, this is the person I feel I have, I still have a lot of questions about right now, and the person I still have a lot of questions about right now is Devin Bush. Okay. All right. Um, we talked about it some last game. His abilities to cover. Um, also, um, you know, there were, he did a decent job. I felt last year, earlier in the year, when he was called on to play a lot to try to help and direct traffic on the field. You know, but is he really going to step into that, that, as I like to call it, you know, usually your inside linebackers are kind of your quarterbacks on your, mm-hmm. of your defense. You know, they're the guys reading plays, mm-hmm. getting guys in position um, based on formations and some of that. And I, I I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I'm not comfortable yet. Let's put it that way. Well, the Steelers, other than, let's just say this, a lot of times you expect that big jump in year two, and when's the last time they got it from a first-round pick? I don't know that they got – I mean, they got a big jump from T.J. Watt, but he already had a good rookie year. So right. you almost don't want to say that. You wanted a bigger jump from Terrell Edmonds. You necessarily didn't didn't necessarily get that. Right. You know, you wanted a jump. I mean, you got massive regressive re- regression from Artie Burns. Um, from after his rookie year, that was actually probably the best he ever played was his rookie year. So right now, you would think like to me when it comes to Devin Bush, from if I understand things correctly, and Jeffrey might be able to help with this a little bit, from everything that I've read and seen about Devin Bush is that his biggest weakness as a rookie was pass coverage in zone, because and that's something that a lot of rookies struggle with is is transitioning to the zone coverage in the NFL that he, because a lot of people said Bush wasn't as good in, in coverage, you know, in pass coverages as we hoped he would be, but apparently he was very good in man. And I mean, especially which Jeffrey highlighted last show is, is coming up and, and taking the running back in, 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 in yeah. the passing game. But when it comes to zone, he did see, that's where I would like to see him improve a lot. I'm going to kind of give a little analogy like I did on the Steelers burning question on Saturday because it was my week this past week. As I said, um, if you're talking about it being the weakest link in the Steelers defense, it's kind of, and I said this sounds like a very Brian Anthony Davis answer, it's kind of like being um, the ugliest supermodel at the fashion show. Yeah. You know, because the Steelers <laughs> defense right now has got to be really good. When you add Mink Fitzpatrick to that, you have that stout defensive line. I think the biggest question is what they're going to do at nose tackle. I don't know that they need to go out and get a pure nose tackle. I honestly see how much they played Cam Hayward inside the guard whenever it's what whenever they're in nickel and dime. I wouldn't be shocked if he 
you know, if they have three defensive linemen, sometimes he might be the guy lining up in there if it's a good matchup for him. I can see Tyson Alalu. They're not going to have a pure nose tackle unless they go out and and, and draft one. Right. So I don't know about that. I'm, I Believe it or not, what I'm going to say is I think the biggest weakness, I think Sean was right. I think it's, I think it's going to be Keith Butler and one thing very specific about that. And that is getting the right personnel on the field in the right situations. We talked about, Jeffrey talked about who you don't want Vince Williams covering up covering a tight end. Okay. You don't want certain players put in certain situations. And last year, the Steelers had so many other good players that could play around, play all around so much better. It wasn't the issue that it was the year before, but even though, like we said, Jeffrey loves Mark Barron, he'd love to have him back. Some people didn't, weren't a big fan of him. Um, losing that piece. What I liked about Barron was his versatility. You know, and that's what they didn't have two years ago when they were trying to guess on, oh, do we want LJ Fort in as our as our pass coverage linebacker, or do we want John Bostick in as our run stopping linebacker? And that's how when you completely guess wrong against the Chargers in Pittsburgh, and you have Bostick in there and lined up on their best receiver on a down and distance where the Chargers had thrown one hundred percent of the time of the season up to that point, and that's how bad you guessed. That's what I think could be a weakness is getting the people in the right place. But rather than take the cop out of that answer, I'll, I'll take the standard answer since neither one of you wanted to grab it. And I'm going to say that Terrell Edmonds is, is the weakest link because as Jeffrey outlined last show, you kind of have to put him in the right situations to succeed, which kind of takes away a little bit from what you could like to do otherwise with that position. So other than that, I know I, I, I've said before that I think Bud Dupree last year might have been the weakest link on the Steelers' defensive front. Now, now Lance quoted me as their front seven. I'm saying their front five, if you're talking yes. about their front front five. So not that Bud Dupree was bad, but that's, I mean, that was an amazing front five yeah. last year that the Steelers had all season. So don't, make, don't, don't take that as Bud Dupree not being good. That was, that was you know – the weakest link in a very strong chain only because you had to pick one. So I'm going to go with Edmonds. So I don't know. I don't know where else to go. You know, you, you can talk other weak links, but mm-hmm. again, it's not necessarily specific for player. You know, another weak link could be um, certain positions, right? Yeah. You know, we, we hit on a little bit last show, certain positions. If you suffer an injury there, What's your drop? You know, is the drop off just going to be too much to overcome? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But we also don't okay. we also don't fully know what our roster is going to look like yet, so mm-hmm. that's still a little bit of a guess. Yep, Jeffrey. Uh, I can actually jump in. 
the Keith Butler is a popular answer. I see the chat's going, loving the Keith Butler answer. I think that's been solved in much the same way. I would compare it to a Mike Hilton, Minka Fitzpatrick situation where Mike Hilton, as long as someone can deal with what's behind him, is fantastic. If he's got to worry about what's behind him, he's not very good. Keith Butler is the best pass rush coordinator the NFL has. Uh, he the, the Steelers were leading the league in sacks from 2015 to now. Whether they had TJ Watt or not, when they were down Cameron Hayward with Bud Dupree, and like they they have been the best at getting to the quarterback of any NFL team, even before TJ Watt broke out. Mm-hmm. But what's behind that, Keith Butler's not so strong at. And I think what we saw last year is we saw the Steelers start to really adjust their defense to what they have throw some creative stuff out there. They've, they've thrown some defenses out last year that, that people were debating, what, what is this defense even? Like, what is it? What are they doing here on defense? This is stuff we haven't seen before. And I don't think that's Keith Butler. I think that's Terrell Austin. I think yes. what the Steelers saw was we don't have, you know, a defensive coordinator who's good at putting the defensive backs in the right situation of dealing with coverage. But he's the best pass rush guy in the league. And if you're attacking the quarterback, you're winning. Like, that's, that's going to be a big boost to your defense. You can cover a lot with a good pass rush. So they brought in a guy specifically who, at the Bengals, had their, their secondary and their coverage going well but couldn't get a pass rush together to save his life. And they just put them together and were like, here, guys, work together. And by the end of the season, they really seemed to have it figured out. That, Earlier in the year, not so much. But later in the season, they were really putting it together. That's a fantastic point That that uh, w- with that, that – Maybe, maybe asking one person that, you know, yeah, you coordinate it, but delegating things out better to where it's not all falling on one person to have other people, other people whose strengths cover your weaknesses, even in the coaching staff goes right along with what they're doing with the players with like what you said with Minka Fitzpatrick being able to, to cover that over the top for Mike Hilton. Do you think the Steelers are even possibly doing that? On offense, and that's because, you know, a lot of people, especially if, if you're on the message boards behind the steel curtain, they think that Matt Canada is the fix to everything. Do you think that he's part of something that's going to help maybe cover a weakness where Randy Feetner was just having to do too much? Because if you really look at his other coaches last year, he had, you know, they lost their wide receivers coach. They weren't, they had a good tight end coach, but they weren't using the tight end. They had a new offensive line coach and a new running back, a new running back coach. Are they, are, were they, are, are they trying to cover a weakness there? Oh, actually, I, I really believe that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. And I hope, hope, both fingers crossed that uh, that's, that's what happens as Matt Canada does for, Randy Feekner, what Terrell Austin did for our defense last year was Keith Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, Rich, before I have you say that, I was going to get your thoughts on that too, but I wanted to bring this up before I lost it. One comment, which was, which I haven't really been looking at the live chat yet, but we will turn to that here after a bit. And this is from George Rice. He says, when you got to split hairs to find a weak link, um, then you're in great shape. And we definitely are. I can agree with that. I think our defense is in really good shape for this year. So, uh, Rich, you have any thoughts on the whole things with the coaches and covering their other, you know, bringing in new coaches to maybe well, cover we, something where someone else is weak? We've kind of, we've actually kind of alluded to that here and there in a few shows that it's it's all about 
you know, we had those times where we were talking about player strengths and weaknesses, and we kind of got to talk, well, you know, coaches kind of have those too. And maybe we need to spend more time looking at that coaching staff say, hey, what's this guy strong at? Where does he need some help? Let's get somebody in there that can help along those lines. Um, I'm real interested to see where things go with Matt Canada on on board now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think kind of the you kind of want you kind of wonder, you know, people still didn't know last year how much Terrell um, Austin was what what kind of difference he was making with the defense. All we know is the defense got better. So I'm kind of hoping the same kind of deal happens with the Steelers offense this year. But a lot of that people are probably going to put on on Ben Roethlisberger and his help. I'm going to open it up now to the live chat. If anyone has any questions or anything in particular, I am now paying attention. You can use the super fat chat. Yeah, super, super fat. You, <laughs> can't, you, super. you can't talk tonight. You've been messing I'm trying up to talk too from fast. your intro of the first show. <laughs> you have not been able to get it out. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, that that's that's Jeffrey's got me flustered. Um, but you can use the the super chat feature if you wish. You could type in your comment or your question, donate any amount you want to the show. Don't feel like you need to do it. It's not you know, I'll if you want it to definitely be brought up, I'll get to it. Otherwise, I don't know. It, it it's just gonna it's just gonna see what catches my eye. And um but the biggest thing you can do for us, like we say always, is is like the show. So if you have anything specifically, or you know, since we have have some different different uh, per perspective, um, oh hey, well, what do you know? There's Jeffrey actually entering in a live chat. <laughs> well, I, I so, can I actually talk about that one because that was a response to somebody. yeah yeah someone asked about uh, mm -hmm. Ike Hilliard as the wide receivers coach. I think that could be really big, especially okay. considering the situation in our wide receiver room right now where we've kind of had this consistent process from Heinz Ward passing the mantle to Antonio Brown. And then that mantle never really got past the Juju Smith-Schuster. He's still young. Where they, you saw and Heinz Ward's uh, work ethic. You saw when Antonio Brown took over, he, would, he talked about, you know, Heinz Ward taught me this stuff and Heinz Ward taught me that stuff. Little, little tips, you know. And Juju Smith-Schuster talked about that with Antonio Brown. But Juju was young. You know, last year he yeah. was a young leader and he lost his wide receiver coach. And I think you saw a situation where we didn't really have leadership in that room yeah. simply because Juju wasn't ready to take that over. I think partly because he just lost, you know, someone that he really respected. And that's that's hard. You can't just step up and be a leader just because mm -hmm. people need you to be. Um, I think Ike Hilliard could be a big part of that because he is more of a technical wide receiver coach teaching you the tricks and the tools and the tips as a receiver himself who had a long career, I think he could be a big help, especially for a guy like Deontay Johnson. Um, but for all of them, I think he could be a big part of this too. Yeah. Rich, your thoughts on, on Hilliard. I like Hilliard. I like Hilliard as a hire. Um, actually kind of like Hilliard as a player. Um, and definitely agree with Jeffrey in, in terms of the things never got, truly passed on from uh, Mr. Third and Fifth. Um, there probably really wasn't a guy in the room last year. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to say that it was Dante Moncrief whenever he was just having his own struggles I know. Um, on the field anyway. 
Um, you know, Johnny Holden was the oldest guy in the room, um, but he wasn't really much of a receiver. So, well, you, you know, we t- we talk about the disaster that happened, you know, after Ben is hurt and out, and we go to the backup QBs. But you really, when you when you stop and think about of it, about it, our wide receiver room was a mess as well. After you know, no Antonio Brown, and the then in the middle of camp, break. the coach passes away you know they it wasn't as pronounced but i'm sure that was a real hot mess in there as well and i mean and these are young guys that this might have been the first time that they've lost someone like that you know that was something that was brought up when it happened and then so much other things went down this season it was almost kind of forgotten like oh how is this team overcoming you know, Ben, and, and and it was kind of an afterthought that, yeah, these these young wide receivers had an awful lot they went through. And especially so. when you look at partway through the season, your number two and number three receiver from the start of the season, Ryan Switzer and Dante Moncrief, aren't on the field. They're gone. And yeah. then Juju's hurt. So your number mm-hmm. one's hurt. Your two and three aren't there. You're going four, five, and six. You know, you're lining up. You know, Tevin Jones is out there, and Deontay Johnson and James Washington are asked to be like, hey, you guys got to – carry the load here and except for a small streak of games where james washington was dominant they weren't really ready for that yeah they were they were and and you had to look at who was throwing on the ball with all that so yeah yeah so um north top asked me a quick question i can't see if it's coming up yet or not yeah um about if i had looked at uh look at looked at some safeties because i said i hadn't really done that much i actually looked at a couple names that some people threw out to me I, i looked at I still don't know that that's where the Steelers would go with their top pick. I just don't know that the that the cards are going to fall right. But I I think there's some value with some with some players they could get later on. Um, some of specific names that people sent to me about looking up, and uh, it's I, I still haven't brought it all together enough that I do want to sit here and just talk in depth about it. But uh, it's something that that I have continued to to look at. So let's see if we can get you. Uh, yeah, we got the Hilliard stuff coming up. I'm trying to, for some reason, my live chat is not working very well right now. So I'll see, um, I'll see what we can do. And then it just, okay. Uh, Let me see here. So um, here's just a quick question that Sean asked. He's like, turnovers, 19 and a half, over, under. Not takeaways. Turnovers. Uh, uh, turnovers. Okay. Yes. Oh, it better be under. That's... <laughs> yeah. Better be under. Yeah. Let's, yeah. I, I want to take the under. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, you could say take the under, but how many did they have last year? I don't care. I'm still taking 30. the under. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, it was 30. Let's, let's take the year before. They had 17 interceptions, let alone the fumbles. Oh, so that's true. I want it to go if under. You're a bet, if you're a betting, I, I don't. I want it to be under, but you're right. If I'm a betting man, yeah. I'm probably going to take the over. Yeah, because you only need to hit 20. Yep, and and that's that's difficult to do. So, um, to to keep it to that low because. Yeah. You also well, still want to see the, the the defense stepping up. A lot ahead, of the, we had we had interceptions, but we also had a lot of fumbles last year. We had a lot yeah. of fumbles last year. 
Um, I know Deontay Johnson and Devlin Hodges were tied for the most with five each. Like that can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't have your quarterback yes. fumbling all the time. You can't have your, your wide receiver fumbling all the time, especially if he's going to take a big step up this year. Uh, that's got it. That's got to get right. Well, remember at least one, if not two of them were on punts. Yeah. Which is worse. Yes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's, how, that's how you end up on the bench. Tomlin doesn't stand yeah. for Yep. Because that's what happened with him early in the season. They had him do like one punt. He fumbled it. And then they said, no, we're just going to stick with Switzer for as long as we can. Because although he doesn't give you any yards, he he holds on to the ball. And then once he was out, Deontay Johnson came in and then, you know, stepped up and did pretty good with it. So. We've well, talked um, about this before. In a few, I've well, talked about ahead. this before in a few articles, but uh, that's kind of, if you, if you see teams that are focused around an offense run by a quarterback, like you're moving down the field enough now in the modern NFL with the scoring rates we have now that punt returns don't really make much of a difference if you've got a good offense. Mm-hmm. If you're a defensive team, your punt return team matters because you're not scoring points. You, If you can get a big break and set up for a field goal or set up for a short field, that's a big deal. But if like 2014, 2015, the Steelers, when our offense was rolling, punt returns didn't matter. Like if you got a good return, it, it, it barely changed the, the outcome of the drive on average. It just didn't make much difference. That that's that's a really good point, you know. And and then, but last year would have really helped a lot. Yeah, <laughs> with yeah. The way so, the offense was. So, so last year, Ryan yeah. Switzer, we couldn't afford Ryan Switzer. Last year, we needed yeah. we needed something. We needed a spark, and he Deontay Johnson gave us that. Uh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Um, let's go ahead and do uh, since I brought up Bo Logan's comment here or question he says who has the most receiving yards this year because i screwed this up once already and what was said about deontay johnson and forgot that james washington actually had more yards last year yeah so who uh, do you think uh, it's going to be this year i'm going with juju you know with juju yep. yeah i'm going go to go the healthy juju ben roethlisberger i'm going to go juju yep all right Juju, honestly, Juju is where I was going to go. Um, since you guys both went Juju, I'll go with my with my least favorite Steeler of all time, according to Jeff Hartman. I'll go with Deontay Johnson because he tries to say that I hate him. Although um, <laughs> I even have my Deontay Johnson. Never mind. I'll I'll save that for the preview. Um, I, I want to throw this comment up here, Wes. Hey, Wes, I sent you an email. If you could check into that. Um, when he was talking about about the turnovers, he says, "Can we at least have zero in week one? That streak needs to end. Can we all get on board with that yeah, one?" Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's just get that one, monkey. Let's get that monkey off the off our back so we can quit talking about it. Uh, yeah, but there is something that I've talked about a lot: is there is another great streak that the Steelers have that that not many people had talked about. And I, this was a while ago that I mentioned it. They have a crazy streak of the number of consecutive games with at least one sack of at least or regular season games with at least one sack. Cause I do think their one playoff game, you know, kind of threw a wrench in that. Um, you don't remember any sacks from that game. Do you rich as we were watching that one? Ugh. Which one? So, um, but they, uh, the, the playoff game against Jacksonville, but if you're looking just at regular season games, the Steelers have, I think it's like 54 straight games with a sack, um, which is very, which is very, very interesting. So that's one that I would really like to like to go with. So, which was funny. I just saw you um, 
So, Jeffrey, why did you just answer the live chat? What was the question? Oh, someone asked me what I draft in the second round, what position I'd oh, go. Oh, the second round. If okay. I had to go position, so I'd you, go wide receiver. You had to go wide receiver just because so many of them are there? Uh, no, I think the big key is, I think with the Eric Ebron signing, I, I think the wiring's are already on the wall that we are going Ben. We're going Ben Styles' offense, what he wants to do. We're going to be throwing the ball around all over the place. And I think a big key here would be if we could get a wide receiver to stretch the field, and there's a number of those in this draft. Mm -hmm. If we can get one of those, I think it opens up the game for Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster because neither of those are deep threats. Gotcha. Um, Rich and I, what we've talked about is what we want more from anything in round two is for it to, is to don't lock in on a position and reach. Yeah, you know, I agree with you there. If the right wide receiver's there, go for it. If they really, if there's a great running back they really want, I'm not going to throw a fit, even though mm -hmm. I've gone on record so many times saying they don't need to add one. Um, I still think linebacker, either type, is something that they could use some depth yeah. at, just because of the uncertainty with with Bud Dupree moving forward. But don't don't lock in that that's what you need, and then reach for that position. Really, really look. I mean, they've got. They've got six or seven positions they could go at with that first pick. There's got to be someone in one of those, so so yeah. go for it. Uh, I'm going to ask this one for you guys real quick here. Uh, we got about five minutes of show left. Um, from the dawn, um, over under TJ Watt, 18 and a half sacks. Under. Yeah, I'm I'm on the under there as well. Yeah, probably. I am as well. I think that's a little bit too much. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, give him give him thirteen and Bud Dupree thirteen, and you know, a couple for Hayward and a few left over for Tuit, and yeah, you know, spread them all out there. I'd be just as happy. I'd like to see Hayward get back yes. up into like eight or nine sacks. That would myself. be. I'd love it. Yeah, he might get and that. Honestly, I think, I I think the health of Cameron Cameron Hayward and Stephon Tuit is going to directly affect how many sacks TJ Watt gets because yeah. of not being able to block everybody. Um, you know, more so even the outside linebacker on the other side, even even with Bud Dupree, just because of what it is. And then Sean kind of follows that up. We got 49 and a half. If we play a full 16 games, are we over or under? 49, 49 and a half sacks on the season. Over. Yeah. Over. So you think they're, they're going to keep going with the – they had never hit three years in a row of 50, and they just did it. So yeah. let's see if they can keep it rolling. Rich? Well, they, they're their only time under 50 under uh, our current Keith Butler was the year Bud Dupree was out for a bunch of the season, and James Harrison, like, dropped mm -hmm. off. His pass rush really fell apart. Yeah. That's their only year. And they were still – that didn't drag them that, down that far. They were still getting after the quarterback. It, 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 I really think, Dave, it's like we were saying with the last one. It's going to come down to health. If you keep to it and, and Hayward healthy, um, I think, yeah, we're going to hit that 50 mark again. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb. If you get at least 14 games, I'm hoping 16, but if you get at least 14 games from those guys, I think they go 60. Really? I'm going to go out on a limb and go big. I'm going super big. I'm going to say 60 just because. Some other folks in the live know, chat were saying that as well. 
I'm, I, I, do, do are they really? I wouldn't bet on it. I'm just calling it now because I'm going to say that's my ambitious call. So, um, Ezra Nehemiah had a question that, um, so this has got to probably more towards us and maybe even Jeffrey could, could, uh, could, you know, depending on which side he falls, he says, why draft defense when our offense is the weak link? Well, I can jump in on that one. Our yeah. offense was the weak link because Ben Roethlisberger was hurt. Uh, especially yeah. at the end of the season, even Mason Rudolph was hurt. Um, Juju mm-hmm. Smith-Schuster was good for five games. And after that, he did nothing uh, because of injuries. And then Devlin Hodges. And James Conner was hurt. Like, we have really good depth at running back. We have a deep wide receiver group. Where where are you drafting a guy where they're really going to make an immediate impact? My, my and I think that's true for both sides of the ball. Right. My, my answer on that isn't why draft defense when our offense is the weak link or, you know. Now, I'm going right back to it. Get the best possible player when our pick is there. I don't care if it's the second round, the fourth round, the the, the ninth round. Because right? <laughs> didn't I see didn't I see a BTSC article today talking that they were asking to add add that uh, the Steelers were asking to add rounds? Well, didn't I don't know that we have that one out yet. I think they it, might have that one out morning. I saw it today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that that was out there. No, that that Kevin Colbert said, "Hey, with with the problems that we're having, can we add three more rounds to the draft?" I don't. I think they shot him down. Um, but that was, but yeah, that that was one thing out there. To me, I say. Why you draft defense is is this? I think your biggest. I still think the biggest need on offense is to start to replenish the offensive line. It doesn't mean that it has to be done with your with your with your top pick in the draft, but you've got to start getting getting younger at your depth of offensive line, so you have guys ready to step in. That's the number one need on offense, and I. But I don't know that it has to be the thing that you take in the second round. Correct. When you say that the offense is the weakest link, it, I mean, compared to last year, it was. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to draft more offensive players, but that still doesn't mean that that's what you have to go with your second pick overall. Because my biggest concern right now is if is if UG3 is not going to be able to, is not the guy to step up, they really don't have depth at the inside linebacker. I mean, even if he is the guy, they still need more depth there and they need quality depth. That could be a position that they need to take, or it could be, you know, how the Steelers like their edge rushers. That's why you never count. I mean, they could have, they could have three, you know, three pro bowl edge rushers on the team. And I still wouldn't say count them out from drafting one with their top pick because it's just what they do. So that's kind of the answer to that one. In my opinion, I, I do think, when it's all said and done, I mean, and honestly, they, they, they need more depth at safety. I think the defense is stronger with your starters, but where you're struggling is depth on the defense. And, and I actually think that your depth on offense might is better than your depth on defense, but your, but your starting quality is better on defense right now than it is on offense. Is that crazy to say it that way? Oh, I would agree with that. That's yeah. So that, so if right now that's, that's what you're, I mean, and and who knows how long you're going to, like I said, are you going to have Bud Dupree pass this season? Or, you know, how long is Vince Williams going to keep continuing to be able to play? He's getting up there a little bit. You know, is he going to, because once you start to lose a step as a, as a 
run smashing linebacker, then you're really a liability. So these are positions that you could see people that you could see them drafting now for depth to then have um, coming on um, later. So I had one more I was going to bring up, but now I can't find it. So um, I can't bring it up. I don't remember who said it. I'll give you credit if I, if I run onto it again, but someone gave me an over under of seven touchdowns for Ebron. Ooh, that's interesting. Hmm. What do you think? What do you think, Jeffrey? Or are you frozen? He might be frozen <laughs> because he's, either that, either that, or he's just you know holding. Either that, he's holding very still. Yes. So as I oh, kind of went off go. on that. All right. Okay. Um, that's all right. We'll see what happens. Rich, you get to answer. Oh, that was, that's, that's I know. <sighs> seven I'm, over under seven touchdowns. I'd love to. I'd love to say over. I, I, I'll put it this way: If I say over, and he makes that, we make the playoffs. Well, yeah. Well, that, that, that's kind of my feeling there. Me, me being the stats guy that I am, I'm still trying to bring find it to see if I can bring it up. Uh, me being the stats guy that I am, and I look at history. Guess yep. what? So, oh, we just heard from Jeffrey that the that the phone he was on died, so he can't finish up with us here tonight. Oh, that's all right. So, um, but we we really appreciate him coming on with us. And I said that in mid sentence. What is the most touchdowns ever by a Pittsburgh Steeler in a tight end in a season? Uh, it's uh, Heath Miller. Yep. And I saw this in one of your articles, by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's Heath Miller, and I believe the number is six. It's it's eight. Oh, is it eight? I couldn't it's remember. Eight. I, but okay. yeah, it's it's single digits. So when you look at Ebron when he had what 13 touchdowns in the in 2018, you know, that's that's crazy. I mean, that's that much more than what the Steelers have ever had from a tight end in a season. So um if, yeah, if, West, he, West if said, he scores, yeah, that's correct. If he eight scores two. if he scores over seven, okay, because it yeah. was over or under at seven. If he scores over seven. What that's going to do, that is going to open up our offense so much. You know, we had that issue last year of not being able to hit 30 points in a game. Yep. If we can get a guy like Ebron and he's scoring touchdowns at that rate, that's going to open things up so much. We're not going to have, we're not going to be sitting here during this season saying, oh, I just want to see 30 points in a game. You know, um, yeah. we're, we're going to have those games. Yep. I like Steeler fan 74's answer. Push. Yeah, give me right. give me seven. I would be ecstatic with seven. That that would that would really be great. Because honestly, I think if Ebron doesn't even have to do much himself, he can just also open up other things. But like I said, Steeler fans are a little bit leery because the last time they had a big tight end free agent signing, he played in six games. Yeah. And that was well, it. So I'll tell you what, if if Ebron comes in. And he gets eight and at least ties or you know, if he ties or breaks that record by Heath, he will have been I'll look at him as then just an absolute free agent steal for us. Yeah. Yes. I I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, and it's but the Steelers, oh, and this deal is so so safe for them because yep. if they have another Ladarius Green situation, which I which you know. To me, that was the exception, yeah. not the rule. So if you're looking at two exceptions back to back, that's going to be crazy. Um, 
it's only three and a half million towards the cap this year. And you're only, and, and it's, and it's not a massive dead money hit. I think it's two and a half million dead money hit next year where they, and then, and then they would save, you know, 6 million, you know, half the money is due to them next year. And uh, that, that if they release them, then they don't have to pay him half of that. So it's actually structured pretty well for the Steelers. So therefore yeah. I'm like, let's, let's see it go out and do some great things. So, well, since we lost Jeffrey, I think we're going to go ahead and call it a night. Sorry. We didn't get to too much in the, in the live chat tonight, but we, when there's three of us, there's all, there's also an awful lot to, to, to discuss with things. So as usual, make sure you're checking out behind the steel curtain.com. That's part of the reason we have Jeffrey on here. He's one of our writers. He has some great stuff that's on there. Um, so you've now seen him. You've now seen Flip. You've now seen um, Kevin, also known as Cliff Harris is still punk. Uh, myself, all of them on, on these shows. Um, who knows? Maybe we got to get Rich writing an article for the website now. So <laughs> with, all, with all that crazy spare time you have, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, but what, we do want to thank you all for joining in with us tonight. Thank you all in the live chat. Very um, great discussions going on. I want to say I'm sorry we didn't get the more question in the live chat because I was really trying to keep an eye on those tonight, and you know people were bringing it pretty good there tonight. Some nights we go to the live uh, chat and we struggle to to pull good stuff out of there, but people they were bringing the questions tonight. So, well, this is what we're going to do next week. I'll tell you right now. Next week we're going to go live chat for the whole second show. We're going to basically dedicate dedicated to, to you all because because of that so um so that way we can focus on it even more but thank you guys so much make sure you're you're you got your you're subscribing to the channel so you can get your notifications when jeff and lance go tomorrow night usually sometime around the nine o'clock hour on the standard is the standard the flagship podcast they like to call it um, then thursday night you got myself and brian anthony davis and jeff with the steelers preview Friday night, you got Lance's Yeah, I Said It, which could be anywhere from the afternoon to 11 o'clock at night on the East Coast, uh, depending on on things going on with him. Then Saturday's Burning Question, I'm thinking it's Brian Anthony Davis, but I might be wrong. Um, I, I took a shot. I might have missed. Um, then Sunday, you got Jeff and Lance back with the Homer and the Hater Show, which although it was pretty interesting this past week, they kind of switched roles a little bit. Jeff was a little bit more of the Hater and Lance was a little bit more of the Homer. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, make sure you go back and check out that podcast because that was pretty interesting. And then you've got um, Brian and Tony back on Monday right around 5 p.m. for the Steelers Q&A with, with, the, with the new segment of Totally Tone Death of Tony going off and uh, doing a little segment. Um, on his own, which was pretty interesting this past week. So that's what we got for you. The content's still going to keep coming. Rich and I, we're going to be here next week again, right? Yes, we'll be here next week. And wanted to, to throw out there, yes, Wes, I did see the happy the the happy birthday. Thank you. It was my birthday a couple of days ago. And Wes, just so you know, Dave's is coming up shortly, so you'll get the shout out to him um, here here shortly. Yes, we. Um, for those of you that wanted, we'll let you do the math. We said we were 13 days apart and Rich's birthday was on Sunday. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Thanks again, Rich, for your time. Um, we okay. really want to thank Jeffrey for coming in and joining us. And we want to thank you all that was here with us and make sure that you tune in, tell a friend and subscribe. Thanks for geeking out with us. <laughs>